Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. Hope everybody is having a good Sunday and all is going well today. If you've been following us along the past couple of weeks, you know we have been recording Sunday Morning with Love and Action out in the foreign mission field. We are in Nepal. We have another great program for you today because today not only do I have my good brother Jim Lanley with us today. Hello, everyone. But we have our good brother, Pastor Kresh Bada. Hello, everyone. Kresh is here. He's an Nepalese here in, from Nepal, and we have been blessed to be doing ministry together really for the past seven years, something like six, yeah, seven yeah. years. Almost uh, seven years. Yeah, it started with Geta, your sister, yeah. and with, who we had the pleasure to meet this week. So mm-hmm. we praise God for that. Praise God for you and everything God's doing here in Nepal. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is just what God is doing here in this beautiful country with beautiful people who are very lost. Uh, As I've mentioned before, around 89% or so of the people in Nepal are unreached with the gospel. But Kresh and pastors here are just doing an incredible job uh, reaching. It's it's hard to reach people here in Nepal. We'll explain why uh, here in a moment. But uh, let's let's open up in prayer. And uh, Jim, would you you lead us in prayer? Sure. Thank you, Father, uh, for this day. We thank you for your goodness to us. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights above. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for feeding us and caring for us. Thank you for Jesus who came and died for us on a cross and was buried and rose again on the third day. Thank you for your wonderful work, Holy Spirit, throughout the world and the work you're doing here in Nepal through Pastor Krish and others. So we ask your blessing upon this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are set up, our studio is set up in a hotel room. And so you may hear some car horns or some truck horns. Or uh, some goats or some some cows. Cows, yeah. (laughs) If you hear that, that just kind of adds to it, I think. So um, I I really hope that those trucks will honk their horns. (laughs) Interesting horns, but yeah, we're we're just so thankful to be here. And as we record this, we are really, we've spent our last day here with Kresh and, and our brothers and sisters here. I really hate to see this time mm-hmm. end because, Kresh, we've had such a great time yeah. with you. And just doing ministry with you, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience, a wonderful time. But Nepal, a lot of people back home may not, I often get asked, now where's that country at? And I always tell them, look at the two large nations of China <laughs> yeah, and India, exactly. and there you are, uh, Nepal's right uh, in between them. If you will, uh, tell people a, a little about Nepal and how life is uh, as a believer here in Nepal. But let's first start with um, Nepal. Tell us about your country. Well, uh, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, yeah, Nepal uh, uh, lies in the South Asia and it is a, a log, landlocked country. Uh, and uh, we have two giant nations, uh, India and China. And uh, yeah, Nepal is very beautiful and uh, uh, most of you all know that uh, the top eight highest peak uh, in the world are located in Nepal. Yeah. So Nepal is beautiful, uh, but spiritually it is broken. It is beautiful. We saw the Himalayas for the first yeah. time uh, ever yeah. as we flew from Kathmandu. Yeah. And wow, just majestic. I, uh, there was a, a gentleman on the plane was point, uh, showing us and like four of the peaks we saw were in the top five mm. highest. And so, uh, like I said, eight of the top yeah. 10 
are here. Just majestic, beautiful mountains. We were blessed to go up into the mountains to some churches mm -hmm. and minister. But as you mentioned, Nepal, spiritually speaking, it yeah. is very broken. Yeah. And um, we understand why. Yeah. But if you would explain to the people listening why it's broken. Uh, yeah, uh, especially uh, people in Nepal are very re religious. Uh, we all know that uh, they worship different kind of things. They worship animals, cows, uh, you know, they worship sun, moon, etc. And so much things. They are religious. But uh, they do not know the uh, true God and Savior, whom uh, we can find uh, hope and life in Him. So people are rushing here and there. You know, uh, in the searching of uh, true uh, life and hope they can find. So people are religious, but they need to know a savior, true savior, whom the uh, true religion can uh, found. Uh, so uh, people uh, uh, are so much into religious that they can offer their body and they can uh, offer their properties and so many things, so many things they uh, offer. and uh, and. Uh, they are just searching uh, the true peace in their ha inner heart. Even uh, some uh, people in Nepal uh, visited uh, different uh, the religious places of India as well for the sake of you know uh, peace. So the life they will get after the uh, death. So they are religious, but they need to know the true Savior uh, who can uh, uh, assure us of uh, salvation. Who can give us assurance of salvation. And Hinduism is the religion that the majority of the people yeah, worship yeah. here. More than 80% are Hindus in Nepal. Yeah, so it's, it's very uh, ingrained in the culture, uh, uh, Hinduism. And in Hinduism, like you mentioned, there are many, many gods yeah. that they worship. They will worship the creation, yeah. but like you said, the sun or the mm -hmm. moon or yeah. trees or cows. Mm -hmm but not the creator yeah and so that's you know you and our brothers and sisters here are getting that message out to them jim we've we've seen being here with crash we have seen god moving within the church of, of nepal and it's been very encouraging to see growth we were at a church the other day where it started with three people the pastor, mm, yeah. his wife, and, and his son, child. Yeah, son, yeah. And now there's, what, 35 yeah, people? more than 35 people yeah. are worshiping together, yeah. And it takes a lot of commitment uh, for that to take place. Many of these pastors are living in those villages, uh, and they don't have very much, and their commitment is like 10 years, 15 years. Mm. So they've, you know, been in ministry for 10, 15 years to see it go from three people to 30. Imagine that kind of commitment committing 15, 20 years of your life to see that kind of growth. Uh, that's something that just amazes me, is the commitment that the pastors have to their areas and to their congregations. Kresh, if you will, share about how you came to Christ, Kresh. You did not come from a Christian family. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, born in Orthodox in the family, and my father was a renowned priest in the village. He was a Hindu priest. Yeah, Hindu priest. Okay. and. Uh, he used to tell the other fortune by showing their hand, by seeing their hand. And uh, lots of people used to come uh, my house, and uh, my father was popular among the villagers. So when I was a child, when I was a small boy, my father used to tell a story to me that if anyone commits a sin, or if anyone, if anyone does wrong things, then the, the Hindu God will take uh, his life. 
So if if you did something wrong, yeah. then there, there is no forgiveness. Yeah. No forgiveness. Yeah. The Hindu God will just yeah. take you out. Yeah, take wow. you out. Okay. And then uh, yeah, my one after some time, uh, my father passed away, and uh, my father passed away, and that story was still fresh in my mind, uh, which uh, which was shared by my father, and I I used to think that. Uh, my father committed uh, commit a certain uh, sin, and, and that's why he died. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm. why he died. Mm. And uh, when I was a uh, small uh, boy, and uh, when my father passed away, there was no one younger enough to take care of the family. So we were sent to an uh, foster care in Kathmandu. Uh, that was uh, run by a local church in Kathmandu. So uh, then I uh, I was sent to the uh, foster care. And I, I got a chance to attend a church. And uh, one day, one of my Sunday school teachers was preaching from the book of John, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was uh, sharing the story of Jesus, how, how he uh, came to this world to save uh, his own man, uh, mankind. And uh, she was sharing that uh, there is the forgiveness, forgiveness of sin. Whoever believes in him, uh, he, uh, he will not perish but they have eternal life in uh, heaven. Wow, what a great difference between what your father told you. The gods are looking for you to make a mistake and and kill you, and then here's the one true God that offers salvation to those who make mistakes. And yeah, yeah, definitely. And when she was sharing uh, this story with me, I was totally shocked. And uh, I got to realize that there is someone who loves us unconditionally. And uh, there is a room for forgiveness. So uh, after uh, some weeks, I ultimately accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. And uh, from then onwards, I got strong determination in my heart that uh, my uh, sins were forgiven and I was loved. Amen. And so you came to the Lord because of a Sunday school teacher telling you John 3.16. So I hope people out there are listening because some of you teach Sunday school at your church or maybe lead a small group and you think, well, I just do that. That's so important Mm -hmm. that you share the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you're teaching because God's going to use that to impact your life. Mm -hmm. So, Crash, you came to the Lord. Your sister came to the Lord. Uh, We we met her Mm -hmm. uh, this week and she definitely loves Jesus, her her husband for sure. And so you, you come to the Lord then as you grow up, you I mean you're still a very young man. Mm-hmm. But uh, how did you get started in ministry? Yeah, after uh, when I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I continued to grow in the faith. And uh, when I was uh, studying in Tuli Standard, uh, I always wanted to be a doctor. And because of my family condition, uh, I could not pursue my dream. That made me uh, totally, you know, irritation, kind of irritation, and. Uh, I, I never thought of uh, being a pastor or being a missionary. I just used to, uh, if anybody used to ask me, would you ever be a pastor? And I used to tell them that, no, I, I would never be a pastor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Never say yeah, never. Yeah, no, yeah, never be a pastor. I, I'm just a, as a good believer only. When I could not pursue my dream being a, to be a doctor, I whole night I read the Bible. I was very angry. And uh, being uh, angry, I read the Bible. <laughs> and I also prayed to Lord that, Lord, you are dead. You are no here. Because uh, 
whenever I pray for you, you, you are not there to help me. I, I used to thought that a Lord uh, did not help me to, to go to college for the doctorate study. So, uh, when I was studying tool standard, my life was kind of mess. Uh, one day God spoke to me uh, to be committed for his ministry. Uh, he spoke uh, me personally. And then uh, I realized that I had made a mistake in my life and not uh, honoring the God in a good way. From then, I started to praise uh, God in a godly manner. And I repent from my sin and I ask uh, our Lord Savior Jesus Christ to use me for his kingdom. And then, then he uh, told me to uh, attend the Bible college. Then I was able to join uh, one uh, disciple training school, DTS. There I, I came to know uh, more about uh, Lord and his ministry. Amen. So you went from wanting to be a doctor. Yeah. Uh, that was your heart's desire. Yeah. Uh, but God had different plans. Yeah. And once you realized that, you committed mm -hmm. to him. God's using you as a heart surgeon, to, to yeah. spiritually speaking. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, you are, you are a doctor for Jesus. You know, you're yeah. doing heart surgery on people. You did tell us uh, about PhD. Yeah. What does PhD stand yeah. for now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I finished my Bible college, and then uh, I started to preach the gospel, and God uh, gave me a clear vision to share the hope that lies within me. Uh, and uh, I, I saw that uh, there is a great need of gospel in the western part of Nepal. Uh, because uh, uh, so many missionaries, uh, they want to live in the city area, they want to reach out the city area. Uh, but very few uh, people want to go to uh, remote villages to preach the gospel. The God gave me a clear vision to go to my hometown and to go to the western uh, Nepal to preach his good news. Uh, when I got back to, uh, from Kathmandu to my hometown, I started to uh, uh, preach the good news. And I, I saw that uh, there are a lot of people around us that they need the healing, uh, deliverance. Uh, so many people are under demon, demons. So uh, we, we usually uh, preach the good, uh, first we heal the people, you know, because uh, so many people are under demon attack. We share the gospel with them, we preach the gospel. And then uh, we usually tell them to accept Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. And if you confess your uh, with your mouth and believe in your heart uh, that God can heal you any disease. And then when, uh, when they accept Jesus, uh, they are uh, healed from the different kind of disease. They, will, uh, they, they are delivered from mm -hmm. the demon power. And then when uh, they are delivered, then we will uh, disciple them uh, to grow uh, like Christ likeness. Amen. Yeah. And that, that's what we call PhD, Preach, Heal, Disciple. Yeah. Preach, Heal, Disciple. Yeah. What do you think, Jim? That's awesome. <laughs> and I tell you, Crash, uh, I, I thank God you responded to his call because mm -hmm. uh, he is using you mightily here in Nepal. And it's been an awesome honor to serve with you over the years. It's been a tremendous honor to be here yeah. with you in Nepal. We... Um, uh, started out uh, with the training. Was it 64 pastors uh, uh, yeah. came? Yeah. And they, they represented what, uh, 14 churches? Uh, 26 churches. 26 churches. Yeah. Yeah, I told you I'm bad at math, Jim. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Numbers were never my thing either. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had a wonderful time of, of discipleship. Chris, we often hear from pastors mm -hmm. in, in the countries that we're blessed to, to work, work in and um, come alongside with. 
and we often hear uh, or, or get requests of, of training. We need training. We need training. Why is that so important for you and, and the, uh, the pastors here in in Nepal? Uh, yes, yeah, so many uh, pastors and leaders uh, serving in the Himalayas and uh, in the western uh, part of Nepal, uh, you know, they do not have a basic biblical knowledge. They have uh, heard the gospel, but do not know how to uh, make the disciple or how to be a good disciple. So, uh, this kind of basic uh, training has a significant uh, role uh, in uh, planting many churches in the western Himalayas. Uh, so, I would like to tell one, one fact to, with you that uh, in the western uh, re region of Nepal, this far western and mid western region of Nepal, there are only 5% uh, of the leaders serving in the church are trained. 5%? Yeah, only 5%. Wow. And uh, so many uh, peop uh, people, uh, so many believers, so many leaders uh, do not have the very basic biblical knowledge. They even can't uh, explain about water, bad means, uh, Lord's Supper, or any other basic. Uh, uh, principle of the source. So uh, for us, uh, discipleship making a uh, training is very essential. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, uh, with three days uh, uh, this uh, discipleship training, it has uh, uh, helped uh, our pastor very lot. And uh, we are receiving a good message from them that uh, the DM Square uh, has uh, helped them a very lot. Praise God. Praise God. So the DM squared, the disciples making, disciple makers training, uh, you said that uh, they've already told you that it's made a difference and they're being able to yeah. use it. Yeah. How many churches have received that material? Uh, uh, so far we have uh, distributed uh, around uh, 13 churches. Okay. 13 yeah. churches. Yeah. 13 churches. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. 5% of pastors leaders yeah. are, have been trained mm, and yeah. so that's why we come and mm. really focus on training yeah. in, in the different countries because that's so needed because this is your country you know the culture you know mm -hmm. obviously know the language and if we can come and do training and help in that area of discipleship man that's we, we just praise God for the opportunity and basically you, you have people who come to the Lord mm -hmm. and they're very passionate about Jesus because Jesus saved them, yeah. and they just want to tell others mm -hmm. about Him, mm -hmm. and so they're like, "Okay, we'll we'll lead," mm -hmm. and but just don't know how, mm -hmm. yeah. right? But hey, there's a willing heart. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's an openness to um, sharing the gospel and to mm -hmm. learning mm -hmm. more, and that's all you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we actually saw one of the pastor's sons came to the training, and um, he learned about baptism, and when we came back to the hotel, mm -hmm. he texted me and he said. I'm teaching what I just learned to some of the youth right now. Yeah. And then when we had the baptisms, mm -hmm. some of those youth mm -hmm. showed up yeah. to be baptized yeah. as a result mm -hmm. of this pastor's son teaching them. Yeah. And so that's what it's all about, mm -hmm. yeah. is helping them uh, be empowered with what they need so that they can continue uh, yeah. the message. Yeah. Amen. Amen. As you mentioned, and we see this in other countries too, missionaries enjoy being in the larger cities. Mm -hmm not out in the rural areas yeah. uh, but praise god you and other pastors mm -hmm. here go out into the rural yeah. communities yeah. because everybody needs jesus mm -hmm. and the rural area in nepal is not like the rural area in houston county alabama <laughs> 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 where it's very flat <laughs> pretty much anywhere else in, in the u.s uh, and even in the mountain areas in the in the u.s the, the roads are definitely a lot 
easier to get around on. The terrain here mm-hmm. uh, in, in Nepal is very harsh. Yeah. And so it, it makes it hard to get around. Even like we drove, was it six hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To one church up in the Himalayas. Yeah. And it was a, a, a bumpy ride. Yeah, <laughs> there was landslides and uh, collapsed buildings and <laughs> trees, you know, down and yeah, it's muddy roads. There's places that you go, Chris, that you can't drive to. Tell us about um, some of the areas that you go to that you have to walk. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many uh, areas in the Western Himalayas uh, that uh, do not have access to the transportation. In in so many uh, parts of Western Himalayas, the road is uh, damaged and uh, the road is very narrow. And uh, I usually uh, travel on a bike. Uh, like uh, two days, uh, I, I ride uh, my bike from Dhangadi to the Western Himalayas. And then I keep my bike to one of uh, the uh, people's house, one of the believer house. Then we start the walk on foot. Uh, we uh, usually walk on foot like uh, uh, 10 to 12 hours to reach the, uh, the village uh, for the Christ. In case y'all didn't hear that, he drives as much as he can on a motorcycle. And, you know, Crash, I was thinking about you as we were driving. We, a wonderful driver who's been taking yeah. care of us this week. Uh, and I kept thinking about, man, this would be really tough on a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what you do. But then you'll walk 10 to 12 hours yeah. after you park your motorcycle. Mm, yeah. Walk 10 to 12 hours. And after. It's, and it's a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Himalayas, for crying yeah. out loud. In the, in the Himalayas, uh, churches are also very far from each other. Just like uh, in the Saturday, we, we hold a worship service in all over Nepal. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the rural Himalayas, uh, the believers uh, bring uh, some maize, you know, maize. Corn. Yeah, corn in their pocket. And they walk like five to six hours to reach the church. Uh, and then they worship the Lord. And then they came back. So uh, the whole day will... Uh, go to the Lord's and yeah. Wow. Yeah. People in Dothan, Alabama in the wiregrass, uh, did you hear that? People who are walking for at least four or five hours, some mm-hmm. I know more, just to get to a church service. And again, we're talking about the Himalayas. This is steep climbs, uh, steep walking up and down and with corn in their pocket yeah. to get to church and to spend the whole day worshiping, hearing the word of God, eating together, yeah. fellowshipping together. Yeah. So that means they have to walk four or five hours back. Yeah. So we're, you're talking eight to 10 hours minimum of just walking so you can get to church. That's, that's the type of faith. And that's one thing that I've learned so much over here in Asia. And once again, here in Nepal mm. is the dedication of believers, the hunger. Mm. I mean, you have to be hungry for the word of God. Yeah. And that is something that we all in America need to understand and need to have that kind of faith, that kind of hunger for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and also that kind of dedication to share Jesus with others, that kind of dedication to make disciples. In the U.S., we're, we're so blessed. So many of us have vehicles, very nice roads to drive on. There's a church in Alabama. There's a church in every corner, we, we like to say, because there's so many churches, Chris, mm-hmm. and it's still hard to get people to go to church. Mm-hmm. So I pray that those listening will just realize well, we need that kind of hunger in our lives. And, you know, Jim, I, I know you and Keith are living in Thailand, but I know America is home. 
And, and if we want to see a change, it's not coming through the government, it's not coming through politics or anything like that. It's going to come through the body of Christ. And man, could you imagine if we had that kind of dedication in the body of Christ? Yeah, I often long for the kind of commitment I've seen in China and India and here in Nepal and the Philippines, uh, in other places I've been in Africa and South America. I often long that that kind of commitment would come to the United States. But let's not sell the folks out in the U.S. I mean, they have a heart for missions. Most definitely. And I really hope that that next generation has the same kind of heart for missions that my parents and grandparents eventually had, uh, is that heart that people would come to know Jesus. And so we're very, very grateful for those folks that support us, and we're looking forward to a new generation of 20-somethings and 30-somethings that will have a heart for the world and want to send people so that they can come to places like Nepal Mm -hmm. and uh, work alongside pastors like Chris and others uh, to see the gospel come to those nations and people be trained. Amen. We understand that there's a big need of training. Um, What are some uh, other needs here in Nepal? Yeah, training is almost uh, very important for the ministry. And apart from that, uh, you know, people uh, do not accept uh, Jesus and uh, do not open their heart for the Christian in Nepal easily. So uh, for that, we have to cultivate the relationship with them. And uh, by making a bridge, uh, we can uh, cultivate the good relationship with the uh, uh, people living in uh, Nepal. Uh, for uh, what, I, what I mean to bridge is that uh, we need some social programs or uh, humanitarian works so that, uh, in other words, uh, we have to show the love in action. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if we uh, share the love uh, or things that we have, those who are in uh, need, uh, they can uh, understand that uh, the Jesus love in action. Uh, so there are a lot of things uh, that are needed in the Western Himalayas, in the people of Nepal. So uh, the humanitarian works is very crucial uh, in uh, bringing a message of salvation to the people of Nepal. So things like uh, food? Yeah, food, food packet, water filters, uh, like blanket, mosquito net, like uh, uh, school bag item, some uh, in the winter uh, uh, blanket, and uh, the hoodies like that. Right. So it's like we, we say at Love and Action, uh, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through acts of compassion. Mm. And so that's what you do here in Nepal and with very limited resources. And so that's, that's a way we can help. Uh, back in the U.S., those listening who are interested in helping in Nepal or any of the other countries that we're in, financial gifts are such a huge need because mm. with yeah. that, we can do things like purchase food, like, yeah. like during the, the pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. Uh, I, I remember you telling me that up in the, in the Himalayas, people mm-hmm. were saying, nobody else yeah. cares about us, but yeah. you guys, so yeah. tell us about this Jesus. Yeah. So that's a, you know incredible way to, to, as you said, show God's love in action. Mm-hmm. You can go to our website at loveinactioninternational.org, loveinactioninternational.org, and see what God's doing. Our 1040 window blog is on there. I've done a lot of blogging from here in Nepal so you can learn even more about it. More pictures as well. 
and we'll, we'll be having more and more information. But we really encourage you to, those who are involved with what we're doing overseas, man, God bless you. Thank yes. you so much. And, of course, those who are involved here in Dothan, man, man, praise God. Thank you. The homeless, the poor are learning about Jesus. Or their needs are being helped. Uh, but you know, God tells us to help the poor everywhere. And so we're here in Nepal and other countries to come alongside our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ, to help them reach those in their country. And, man, when people are, are literally starving and you can give them food, that certainly opens up a huge door mm. for the gospel. Well, uh, 30 minutes goes by very fast on the radio, and we have already come to the end of this program. But, uh, Crush, man, just thank you. Thank you for serving yeah. Jesus. Thank yeah. you for your hospitality this week, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for your heart and passion for the lost soul in Nepal. Uh, we appreciate your love, praise, and support for the churches and uh, Christian brother and sister in Nepal. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you, buddy, and we love our, our brothers and sisters here. And pray we can come back uh, yeah. soon and, and often. If we won't drive you too crazy, especially me and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> but Martha and Keith, are, yeah, they're easy to, to, to put up with. But me and Jim, maybe not so much. But, uh, uh, seriously, thank you so much, brother. We, we love and appreciate you. Please keep our brothers and sisters here in Nepal lifted up in your prayers. And uh, as I mentioned before, that uh, Martha and I are back home as you're listening to this. We recorded this in Nepal, and so we are back home. Uh, we're available to come to your church and share what Jesus is doing locally as well as uh, around the world. Feel free to contact us. I pray you have a great day, a wonderful week coming up, remembering that Jesus loves you so very much. And I pray the Lord will bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.